Information provided by Wall Street Penning Zoo is for educational purposes only and not intended to be financial advice. Please consult with a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome back to the Wall Street Petting Zoo. This is our This Week at the Zoo segment in which we review the week's market news and look ahead to the coming week. I'm Christopher Smith. And I'm Robert Coburn. Chris, you know that meme where the anime guy's reaching out toward a butterfly and he says, is this whatever? Like the butterfly is labeled taxes and he says, is this socialism? Or it's labeled literally just a sneeze and he says is this coronavirus i feel like the guy in that meme except the butterfly is labeled rising interest rates and i'm saying is this inflation so for listeners who haven't been following interest rates lately uh they have gone up sharply over the past few weeks one interesting thing about interest rates is that they respond to inflation Inflation, by the way, is when your money becomes less valuable because of rising prices. So basically, if the market expects higher inflation, then lenders will demand a higher interest rate to make sure that they get paid back more than the value of the original loan. Thus, why Robert is looking at rising interest rates and thinking, does this mean the market expects inflation? Yeah, but interest rates are up compared to a few few weeks ago. But when you look at them over a longer time frame, they're still near historic lows. It's kind of ridiculous to watch the yield on a 10-year bond go from negative 1% to negative 0.8% and think, oh my god, bond rates are so high. Yeah, but it's not crazy to be worried about inflation right now because In 2020, governments went on a money creation binge. The U.S. government spent almost $4 trillion that it did not have in 2020. How do you spend money you don't have? Well, some of it is borrowed from investors, but most of it was essentially created out of thin air by the central bank, the Federal Reserve. And other governments all over the world did the same thing the U.S. did. They created trillions of dollars or euros or yen or whatever their currency is in order to fund deficit spending during the pandemic. And it certainly seems like this should cause inflation. If you remember your high school economics class, this seems like basic supply and demand, right? If you increase the supply of money, the value of money should decrease, Because if you have a lot more money out there in the world chasing the same amount of goods, then it should take more money to buy the same amount of goods. The price of goods should go up, right? The world is always more complicated, Chris. Isn't it just? Inflation turns out to be complicated. In fact, there's a huge debate about this among economists right now because we've been running big federal deficit for years, creating lots of new money, and inflation just hasn't materialized. In fact, the Federal Reserve has actually been trying really hard to create more inflation to hit a 2% target rate, but it keeps undershooting that target. It seems like we couldn't even create inflation if we tried. 
Yeah, and there are a few reasons for that. First of all, it's not just the amount of money in the world that matters. It's also what people are doing with it. So if I create a trillion dollars and all of that money goes into billionaire bank accounts and just sits there, then it's not going to create inflation. And especially during a recession like we had in 2020, a lot of money gets stockpiled in bank accounts. Economists measure this with a metric they call the velocity of money. That's a measure of how often a dollar changes hands in the economy. And the velocity of money plummeted in 2020. So we have a lot more dollars in the economy chasing goods, but they're chasing those goods a lot more slowly. So it all sort of evens out. In fact, historically in recessions, because the velocity of money goes down so sharply, you have to worry a lot more about deflation when money becomes more valuable than you do inflation when money becomes less valuable. So a lot of economists now believe that in order to offset the risk of deflation during a recession, you actually have to create a lot more money just to keep your currency stable. So the Fed is actually doing the right thing by creating all of this new money. Yeah. And another factor is that the amount of goods in the economy doesn't necessarily stay the same. All that new money gets put to work creating new goods, which means the demand for money tends to kind of rise to meet the supply. And a third factor is that the US dollar is the world's reserve currency, meaning that a lot of international trade gets conducted in dollars. Even countries like Russia and China are trading with each other in US dollars. That means that we create trillions of new US dollars. A lot of that excess surplus gets soaked up by international demand. It's kind of unfair advantage that we have here in the US. In fact, there's a whole school of economists now called modern monetary theorists who basically believe that we should be doing a lot more deficit spending than we have been doing. Everybody agrees that there is some limit to how much money you can create before you start to see inflation, but the modern monetary theory people believe that that limit may actually be much higher than anyone has suspected, and that we should push our money creation right up to that limit at which we see inflation start to kick in. So maybe you remember the Green New Deal, which was basically a couple years ago, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democratic Congresswoman, proposed this, uh, there were debate on the cost, but roughly $3 trillion per year jobs plan, green jobs plan. And when she was asked how she was going to pay for it, she basically said that we could just create the money. And a lot of people ridiculed her for that and thought she was just an idiot who didn't understand how money works. But she was drawing on this modern monetary theory. And in fact, you could argue that no one has done more for modern monetary theory than Donald Trump. Because even before the pandemic, he was running large deficits. But during the pandemic last year, he ran an enormous Green New Deal sized deficit. And we still haven't seen any inflation from that yet. So in a sense, he seems to have, at least in the short term, sort of proven the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez theory that you can just print money in order to fund a package this size. The last consumer inflation report, Robert, showed US dollar inflation at 0%. There's no inflation in the official data anyways. 
But one of the things that makes inflation complicated is that there's no agreement on how to measure it. Inflation is usually measured with what's called the consumer price index, which includes food and gasoline, but not things like housing and building materials. The price to buy a new home went up about 12% last year, which is a huge increase. The price of lumber soared over 150%. The price of technology stocks increased over 40%. International shipping prices are up like 100%. And it kind of makes sense, right? If the US government creates $4 trillion, those dollars aren't going to chase food and gasoline. You can only eat so much food or use so much gas. Those dollars are going to chase things like stocks and real estate that aren't included in the official inflation data. You're right, Robert, and some of those price increases will eventually filter down into consumer prices, but it will take time. We are currently watching the prices of agricultural commodities like corn, cattle, and soybeans shooting upward, and that eventually will affect the food prices you pay as a consumer at the grocery store. But the grocery store sticker prices are the last to change. So it seems like we can see consumer food price inflation coming down the pipe in the form of what we call producer price inflation. It just hasn't arrived at the grocery store yet. And that's probably one reason that interest rates have been rising over the past few weeks is that the market expects that inflation eventually to filter into the consumer price data. Like you said, Chris, everybody agrees that there's a limit to how much money you can print before inflation kicks in. But nobody knows exactly where that limit is. We ran a huge experiment in 2020 with practically every country in the world printing a lot of money. And because inflation takes a while to show up in the data, it takes some time to find out what the result of all the money printing will be. The question everyone ask, is asking now, are we about to find out that we pushed it too far? In some countries, they've already found that out. Mozambique, Tajikistan, Armenia, Zambia, and Zimbabwe have all seen huge inflation over the last couple months, and all five countries have had to hike their interest rates in order to control inflation. Now, the U.S. is no Zambia. <laughs> We're the biggest economy in the world, and it takes a lot more to cause inflation in an economy our size than it does in a small economy like Zambia or Zimbabwe. But these smaller economies could be the canary in the coal mine, warning that inflation is coming for bigger economies eventually. And one problem with inflation is that you have to raise interest rates. Higher interest rates are bad for growth. The stock market has been booming for decades because interest rates have been coming down, down, down. If we go into a new cycle of raising interest rates, that stock market boom could end. A lot of the people who fear coming inflation have been converting their net worth into assets and out of cash. If you get caught with a lot of cash during an inflation event, it's very easy to lose all the value of your money. You'll have the same amount of money, but it will be worth less. The traditional thing to buy in order to protect yourself from inflation is gold. Although lately Bitcoin has been more popular as an inflation hedge, and silver has been gaining in popularity as well. But there's no reason it has to be either metals or Bitcoin. It could also be stocks or real estate or even art. Arguably, one of the reasons that all kinds of asset prices have gone through the roof in the last year 
is that everyone has been buying assets because they're afraid to be in cash. But inflation protection has gotten to be a very crowded trade, Chris. All those assets are currently priced at insanely high levels compared to their historic valuations. And if inflation doesn't materialize, then people buying assets at these prices could get burned when the asset prices come back down. I'd say it's going to be interesting to watch, but unfortunately this isn't really one you can watch from the sidelines. One way or another, everyone is exposed to this, whether they know it or not. Well, that's our episode for the week. Thanks so much for listening. And you can find our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Just find it on your favorite podcast app. Give it a five-star review. Share this out on social media with all of your friends so that they can find out about the podcast. We don't do any advertising for the podcast, so we really appreciate your word-of-mouth support. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, under our YouTube video, you can find a link to Webull. And if you use our referral link and go to Webull and set up a new Webull brokerage exchange account and deposit $100 in that account, then you will receive some free stocks, and we also will receive some free stocks, and that helps support the podcast. Thanks so much again for your support, and we will see you back at the zoo next week. See you.